Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. My name's Trevor Mueller. His name's Jake Grant, and we're like Taylor and Zanino. <laughs> World Series players, ex-Mariners. <laughs> now, if we had a third, who would be my third in that group? You have to know the Mariners. Say, you have to know the Mariners gonna... minors. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Kiermaier. Oh, Kiermaier? Kiermaier was a Mariner? Yes, he well, was. not a Mariner, obviously, but he was in the minors. Yes, he was. I, I, think I he, like him, but he hit. He cannot hit. Yeah, no. At all. He was one of the, he was a Zorenzic guy. I mean, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of stuff going on, but the big deal today was that um, Washington's first game against Cal has been scheduled. Pac-12 after dark, 7.30. Um, what's your uh, – ESPN, what's your, what's your take? Uh, it's funny because on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, I was talking to my wife and she goes, you know, I'm, I cannot wait for the Huskies to start again. And I go, yeah, me either. You know, it's, it's right around the corner. And I, I made it kind of a snarky comment to her. I was like, watch, they're going to have them play the night game the first week. And then today I saw it on the, on Twitter and she was like, you called that, and I go, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty typical. I mean, yeah. for them to do that, it's pretty typical. So, I'm, I, I think, like the rest of the fans, we're all over the Pac-12 after dark. But the fact that we get football, I'll take what I can get at this point, right? I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, there's not going to be any tailgating. There's not going to be the trip home where you get home at two in the morning and then your Sunday is totally shot. So I think there's some, I think like for a season where there's no fans and you're just going to be watching on TV. I mean, it just means you have to stay up later, which I mean, for us probably isn't great because you know, we have kids that don't care if you stayed up late. Right. Um, But I mean, this week it works out for me. Well, Uh, my, my nephew's birthday is that day. So, uh, um, he'll be long in bed before seven thirty, so um, I think we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, we got Cal. We'll preview Cal coming up next week, uh, and we'll kind of give our picks and and really start to really get our uh, get our teeth into you know this Pac-12 season. It's it feels like it's been a long time coming, but now that it's here, it's like oh man, we got to get going. Yeah. Yeah, and, and could you imagine what it feels like for the coaches and players? I mean, uh, the, we have that we have that feeling as podcasters, but could yeah. you imagine? I mean, these guys weren't doing a whole lot of practicing, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you you got a game against a team that kind of has owned you over the last yeah. two or three seasons, and you better get right. Yeah, with a it, new quarterback, you know, with right. a, a lot of starting new offensive linemen and. The, it's that's a lot of work to be done in a short span of time right the good news is 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 Washington from what I've heard from the players is they've all been working out this whole time so yeah. getting into game shape wasn't necessarily outside of a few guys sure. um, they were ready to go uh, and I know that a lot of them just were so happy to finally scrimmage so they could actually put pads on and hit each other yeah. Um so it's kind of weird because it sounds like, you know, there's been some hitting, but when you think of like a preseason, uh, you got spring ball, then you have fall camp, you get so sick of hitting each other. It's, 
I don't think it's like that because we're, they're just taking, they're finally getting to play football again. So they're not taking it for granted. Yeah. My, my biggest worry in this upcoming season is the injury. Yeah. You know, what, what you saw happen in the NFL, you got shortened off season and, and preseason and guys bodies aren't acclimated and then you throw them into a hundred percent game speed and ACLs are torn and Achilles and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, obviously bones don't change, but you know, you got to get those soft tissues. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go get those joints right. And uh, I, that's my major worry of, of this season. I, I'd hate to see anybody go down, but I'd hate to see our marquee guys go down and, especially I don't, and I don't want to name names because I don't want to be the guy that names somebody and then it happens and then fans come after me like you idiot. Yeah. But somebody that's liable to go to the league this year that came back for another season, you know, Mm -hmm. could potentially lose a lot of draft stock on this. Right. Well, speaking of that, Jake, let's kind of get into it. We're uh, we got our position preview today. We're going to go through all the positions. Um, we're going to talk about some of the guys. We're going to give our starters and our backups. And uh, we're going to start where, uh, honestly, it matters most. They have the ball in their hands the longest, and that's the quarterback position. Um, so if you look at the field of quarterbacks, you have a very diverse group of guys and a lot of different skill sets. Yeah. And it's going to be who fits that – pro style attacking style of offense that John Donovan wants to run. Um, So I'm going to go through the names and Jake, I'll let you kind of take kind of take what you want. Uh, Kevin Thompson, he's uh, the transfer quarterback from the FCS. We have Jacob Sermon, Dylan Morris, Ethan Garbers, and then one of the walk-ons that Jake, you and I are really high on um, in general is Jaden Sheffy from George Fox University. Uh, so what, Jake, it kind of like overall feel of the quarterback group and then you can do your starter and backup. You know, we've talked about the quarterbacks quite a bit. We, we're both really high on this, on this, in this room. Um, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of talent. Like you said, it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to it, to me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's kind of a two-horse race. Uh, you got Dylan Morris and you got Jake Sermon. Some people are throwing Garbers in there. I think Garbers is a little young still, hasn't been in the program long enough. These two guys are the competition, the, the starting competition battle right now. And I don't know who to pick. Um, everything that I've read is that Morris uh, is not the front runner. It's Sermon's kind of taking the stranglehold on the starting job, but we don't know because we haven't been allowed to go to practice, see practice and all that other stuff. So it's, it's, it's hard to tell, but from my point of view, it's a two horse race between Sermon and Morris. And it just, like you said, it just depends on, what type of quarterback you want to run in that pro style offense. And if you truly want to run a pro style offense, it's going to be sermon. Right. And um, it's, it is funny to watch Twitter. Like every time there's a, uh, a play and a quarterback throws it to a receiver or a tight end or something, they're like, Oh, that's he's running with the ones. It's like, well, yeah, he's running with the ones. Like right. 
we—they're all running with the ones. They're all getting equal reps. Right. So uh, I don't—I don't buy that. Um, I see—I see Kevin Thompson actually. From what I've seen, the little bit we've been able to see, Kevin Thompson's looked good as well. Yeah. Um, and that valuable game experience in a six-game season like this, I think, really skyrockets him to you know, part of that front of that line. So I think it's going to come down to either Kevin Thompson or Jacob Sermon. Um, we are into making hot takes. And uh, if they're wrong, we forget about them. If we're right, we'll bring them back up. Um, so I'm going to go Jake Sermon as the starter, Kevin Thompson as my backup. And I'm going to go Sermon as my starter, which sucks to say because I was on that, I was on that Morris train for so long. Mm-hmm but I'm going to say that Kevin Thompson is not the backup and I'm going to say it's Morris. Okay. Yeah. And um, the thing about Dylan Morris is some of those plays that we've seen as those highlights of the daily practice, they have been Morris and he's been making very good throws. You know, and, and I guess the bummer part about kind of, we'll, we'll call it spring ball for, for right now or training camp. Um, Morris is kind of handcuffed. Uh, he has the ability to run that Sermon does not. And when a play breaks down and defensive players get by that red jersey, they're going to blow that whistle dead. And, and Morris isn't going to be able to escape the pocket and kind of show what he can do with his feet. And that's another side to Morris that, that I don't think Sermon possesses, but isn't able to show it at the same time. So it's Sermon's arm versus Morris's arm right now. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see, you know, this year, uh, this year it's definitely an open competition and, you know, coaches don't have to look forward, but we can, um, if Sermon wins the job and takes a hold of it, you know, there could definitely be some move moving around, um, with, uh, transfers, uh, unfortunately, um, just because, it sucks to see guys that you, you know, you, you grow to like leave, but it seems like a decent succession to have sermon for two years. And then, um, you know, uh, Sam Heward's coming. All right, moving on to offensive line. Um, it's going to be different. The household names that we're used to are gone. Trey Adams is gone. Caleb McGarry obviously was gone the year before. And then Nick Harris, the guys that really anchored that for the last two years are gone. The name that's still around, I guess the two names, Luke Wattenberg has seen a lot of the field. And then of course, Jackson Kirkland. Um, There's a lot of really talented guys that have gotten on the field. Um, What's your take on where we're at with the offensive line this year? You know, it, we lose a lot of depth, but we also have a lot of depth. We did a really phenomenal job recruiting offensive big dudes. Scott Huff's one of the best recruiters on the West cool. Coast. Dude, and these guys are monsters, man. Yeah. There are some big, big boys that are mm-hmm. ready to play on the offensive line. And I think the talent is there. It's just the lack of game experience, you know. I. The one guy that, you you know, you, you spoke of is Luke Wattenberg. He's got a lot of a lot of playtime. Uh, Jackson Kirkland has a lot of playtime. But other than that, I mean, really, you're looking at a lot of unproven names out there, but 
the, the talent's there. It's just getting enough reps in with those guys and, and getting that continuity and uh, being able to push the defensive line back, especially on a running, you know, this team wants to run, man. And you got a couple of workhorses back there, get that ball into the open field. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at this offensive line and, and the good thing is, is you've seen these guys in games. Uh, I, I projected a starting lineup and all of the guys that are on it played, have played at least a little bit of ball and we've seen them. Uh, I think the one that I liked a lot was Mateo Mele who came in when, uh, when Nick Harris got hurt and uh, snapping wasn't necessarily great, but uh, when it came to blocking, he was good. Um, the other one that we've seen is his name he's had a name change. It was MJ Ale. It's now Ulamu Ale. Very good player. Yeah. And then Henry Bainavalu, who got a lot of playing time uh, last year as well. So from top to bottom bookends, I have left tackle. I have Jackson Kirkland. Um, that's, that's the one that you can write in pen and leave it there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, next to him, I have Ulamu Ale. Yep. center we're gonna see Luke Wattenberg move into that role um, as a senior he uh, he knows the offensive line well he's a great communicator that's where he's gonna end up um, right guard I have Mateo Mele and then right tackle I have Henry Bainavalu yeah um, I think Wattenberg played right tackle last year right guard right guard and I think he probably should stick the right guard. And I, I'd like to see the freshman come in at center. You know, and 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 I said that uh, I've said that before. And uh, get, get me some miles in at, at center, man. Get four years of a starting center, and may, three maybe, but I, I'm projecting four on that kid. Mm-hmm. He's a highly touted prospect with a lot of talent, and the kid has already proven that he's ready for the college level. Yeah. I would I would put Wattenberg at right guard instead of Melee and, and get that youngster in there and get him getting snaps in. I mean, yeah. If you, I, if you have two centers going at once, you know, with Wattenberg being out there teaching this kid how to how to look at a defense and, and then just giving him the reins to go snap the ball. I, and he's built to be a center. Yeah. I don't think Wattenberg really is. Yeah, I and you I mean you could be right. I just don't see it. I know that um we've had true freshmen start all over the line in the Chris Peterson era and there's some players in that last draft class that 2019 class that I mean that, that draft class has a starting uh offensive line in it. Yeah. And uh I don't I don't see I don't see them playing yet because there are those guys that we just mentioned or that I mentioned uh, including the guy that you mentioned, those are all guys that are, are skilled players and they're hard to yeah. keep off the field. You're probably right. I doubt that they're going to start a freshman on the offensive line, especially right. with the shortened off season. But the fact that you have that capability of, of putting this kid right. in there and, and having the talent that, mm-hmm. I mean, I would imagine we'll see him next year, if not this year, Yeah, you know, he'll be on the starting line next year. He came here to play. I, uh, I agree with you on that. You know, but it, it, it's, it's hard for me to say that 
Matteo Mele is better than him right now. I think Mele's a good player, but I, I, I think Morale is, is – he could be a four-year – you know, not maybe not first-team Pac-12, but second-team Pac-12 four years in a row, if not first, later in his career. Yeah, and, and you, might be, you might be right. I think that right guard is going to be – uh the i mean that's usually that's that's your fifth yeah, uh that's your fifth that. guy uh so i think there's going to be there's going to be some guys that look to i think there could be a little bit not necessarily rotation but a a, a battle sure. and some other guys that i think have a shot there um victor kern troy fatanu and Corey luciano are all guys yeah. that um are going to compete against uh, a melee or a wattenberg yeah. Uh, and then I think uh, Nate Kalepo, you can start to see him maybe a little bit um, on the tackle. Um, and then talk about a big boy. Yeah. Kalepo's a big boy. He's big. And then, but I mean, the big boy that um, I guess he's, he's still a year away is Julius Buelo. Yeah. 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 Out of beach, right? Yeah, I think so. He's yeah. like six, eight, like three thirty. Yeah. Coming yeah. into coming coming out of high school was that size, and he was young. Yeah. yeah. So he's uh, well, I got it right here. He is six eight three twenty five. No, he is from he's from Hawaii. Is he? Yes. Yep. Yeah, he can. Uh, and, and he's a young. He's young. He graduated yeah. at seventeen. Yeah. yeah so, he, uh, you're, you're right. He's a year away for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with the talent that we have on the offensive line right now. Right. Yeah. You want to let that kid grow into his body a little bit. Right. And it is hard. I mean, you don't, you don't find guys like Trey Adams and Caleb McGarry who are necessarily ready uh, yeah. to go in and be a bookend. And, and really were they, I mean, they right. got thrown they in because there was that. nothing in the cover. Right. They were forced into that situation. Mm-hmm. But they got – I mean, Washington is set up to have some really quality um, – I mean, interior linemen, too, they've they've recruited that really, really well. Yeah, for sure. But on the offensive line, on the outside, you need guys that are like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and they've done a good job of finding guys that fit that mold yeah. um, that are going to be able to grow into it, like a Roger Rosengarten. Sure. Um, let's move on to the defensive line. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite positions. Um, I, and we're talking, you know, the defense is such a, it's different than your traditional three, four, four, three. Uh, and we've talked about that before where it's more of a two, two, six, or, um, a two, four, so what would that give me up to six? And, uh, <laughs> a two, uh, like a like a two, four, five. Yeah. And so, um, so the interior defensive line is what we're talking about now. And uh, you know, Washington over in the Chris Peterson era again, uh, even going back into the Sarkeesian days, they had some amazing defense uh, interior defensive linemen, and it doesn't stop this year. Jake, what's yeah. your take on the defensive line? Again, man, a lot of skill. Um, kind of unknown, though. You you lose Anzarike and you lose Tryon, and you got to plug a couple of guys in, and you don't know what you have. Um, my eyes are set on Jacob Bandis. Yeah, I really like this kid. He's a big, big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you got to look at, you know, uh, Josiah Bronson coming in. Um, I think we were both surprised that he was still on the roster. I thought he graduated. <laughs> but you, you, you kind of got to plug and play now. And right. that's kind of the scary part. You had two guys that you knew were going to be Pac-12 studs, and now they're gone. And we're obviously we're not the only team that got hit by that. Um, but it sucks nonetheless, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't expecting that coming into the season. They said they were staying. And then because of COVID, they left. So now you kind of have to shuffle around. And, and so you want to – you really want to look for a guy like Latua Legasanoa coming in. Uh, that guy is probably going to be the replacement to Anzarike. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for me, I can't really pronounce either of their names all that well, so <laughs> I was going to lose either way with that. Yeah. But, you can uh, say Bronson. I can say <laughs> congratulations. I can say Bandis and Bronson. To you, bud. <laughs> Jacob and Josiah. You stay biblical, you're in good shape. But really, I, I think it's Cooley is probably going to take that starting spot and run with it. And uh, that's, that's kind of the guy I'm, I'm looking out for on the defensive mm-hmm. line. That's kind of going to be the run stopper for this defense. And he's important. I think he's the most important guy on this defense. Yeah. Um, he, he is the next in line of great defensive linemen to come through and go on and play in the NFL. Uh, he absolutely disrupts running plays up the middle. It's really hard to run on him but he's a pocket collapser like Vita Vea was. And yeah. um, I mean, if you're, it's Monday night, if you watched uh, Greg Gaines got a sack tonight and doing just that, just collapsing yeah. the pocket right yeah. into the quarterback's feet. And uh, he's going to be a difference maker. Um, you know, picking a starting lineup for the defensive line is kind of a, it's a fool's errand because they right. just rotate so rotate. much. Yeah. Yeah. So my rotation that I would, I would guess would uh, be at least at the start of the season. Um, you have Josiah Bronson. Um, you have Tule Latua Gasanoa. You have Sam Taimani. Um, oh, Sam Bang. Taimani too. Yeah. Yeah. He's another big guy. Uh, and then Fatu Atele. Yeah. Um, and I think that's your rotation of five. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think this is the most important position on this defense just yeah. because you know what you have in your secondary. You know, obviously you lose a pass. One could argue middle linebacker. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. But to free up those middle linebackers to make all those tackles, what do you need? Yeah. You need somebody taking up two, maybe three blocks. And that's mm-hmm. what I think Dooley could be for this defense. Oh, absolutely. And, and if he's not, then that defense is in trouble. And not just for the run stop either, but for the pass protection as well. Because like you said, if he collapses that packet, that pocket and gets that quarterback off of his rhythm and makes him throw off of his back foot, then those cornerbacks are going to eat those, those receivers up all day. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, quarterbacks thrown on their back feet, those are, those are going the opposite way. Yeah, and I, I really do think that this is where the defense will be made this year is this defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Um you you said Jacob Bandis when we were talking best position groups, uh, and then Pete Kukowski came out and said that he was uh, one of the standouts that needs to step up with the uh, loss of Onwuzurike, and it sounds like he's doing that, which is good because yeah. he was nicked up last year and we never got to see him. Even right. though I think he was both of our favorites in that D-line class. Yeah, for sure. 
I, I remember specifically talking about that on this podcast, talking mm-hmm. about how much we liked this kid. Yeah, we so, remember the things we get right. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten it right yet, though. We're going to get there. <laughs> we're, we're on the way. Calling it's our a camera. slow process, us getting these things right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're going to move out of the interior line, and we're going to move to uh, the flashy position. We got wide receivers. We got cornerbacks. Yeah. So uh, first up, wide receivers. The room is gone, uh, addition by subtraction, in a way. There is a lot of really good players in this room now. Jake, yeah. what are your what's your take on this wide receiver room? Man, uh, tough. It this is the toughest to say. Probably. I mean, you have so much talent in there. You got Ty Jones, Puka Nakua, Terrell Bynum, uh, newcomer. Um, uh, Roma Dunze, you got McMillan coming in. There's Marquis Spiker, who's been kind of lost um, in the translation. He, he, he just made like a bunch of like he only had a few catches, but they're all huge plays. Right, they were they were super flashy, but mm-hmm. he wasn't in the regular rotation, and it wasn't until late in the year when everybody got tired of the two wide receivers that everybody that we played every game, every snap of every game that he finally started getting some looks. It just, it's so hard to, to say yeah, I like the defensive line you're just, I hope that you see a steady rotation of these wide receivers keep fresh legs in because you have the depth. So let's just see these guys coming in left and right and all the time, if not in one, in one drive, then give, two guys one drive and then give the next two guys the next drive it's hard to it's hard to say but man there's a lot of depth as far as starters go what do you want you want two wide outs and a slot yeah that's perfect. let's go ty jones puka nakua i'm gonna put puka as my number one and ty jones as my number two ty jones is more of a red zone threat than anything um i'm gonna go terrell bynum as your slot and that's that's that I think that's probably your best three at this moment. Yeah, and I do want to see them. I mean, I, I want to see a a rotation like you're talking about, but I want to see these guys be able to get into a rhythm. Yeah. Um. So I think that those three guys, Terrell Bynum, absolutely earned that spot last yeah. year with how he played. Right. Um. Of course, uh, we've heard some some things, especially about Roma Dunze playing really, really well in this yeah. uh, fall camp. So, but you know, what, what I've seen of Ty Jones, he looks bigger and stronger. Uh, and that was kind of his thing. He's still really, really athletic. He's still six foot four. Um, right. and he's making really, really nice catches. So I'm, I'm expecting a lot out of him. And, you know, the thing is, is Puka Nakua did not catch many balls last year, but he was just so electric yeah. that um, you saw the talent. And so Puka Nakua is the, will he have the most catches? I don't know. Will he have the most yards of touchdowns? Who knows? He's the most talented receiver in that room. Yeah, and Puka got hit with the injury bug last year and, and missed most of the season. It it seemed like they finally let him play that BYU game. He caught that long touchdown pass, and then the next game he caught a couple more, and then everybody's getting excited, and he's hurt, and he's out for the year, and, and that's a bummer. I'd like to see what we can get from him from a full year. I think he's your most athletic and 
gifted wide receiver that you have on this roster. Right. So let's see what he could do. From Ty Jones, what I would like to see, I would. You're a big. You're six four. You're a big, strong kid. Go high point the ball, yeah. especially in the red zone. Get get above those those five eight corners and go high point that ball and win those battles because right. that's what we, this offense needs from you. Yeah, absolutely. And then behind him, I think that the guys that you're going to see, um, Austin Osborne, uh, by all accounts, has looked really good um, in camp. You have Roma Dunze that we already talked about. I think he's separated himself as a guy that could very well be in the rotation right off the bat. Better than McMillan? You know, I haven't heard his name as much. Um, I'm still on the Marquis Spiker because he, late in the year when he finally got a chance, he made some plays. And, yeah. uh, you know, when it comes to getting young receivers in, and all three of those guys, those are all young receivers. It's a true freshman and two redshirt sophomores. Um, you have to block. Yeah. And that's yeah. all. That's what matters. Yeah. So. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw um, the incoming running back, um, Sam Adams, mm-hmm. run some slot too. You could. I we'll get to that. I my guess is he probably red shirts because his skill set is very similar to Sean McGrew's. Sure. Um, the one that I'm I'm curious that maybe he's got some big plays in him like he did last year is somebody like Jordan Chin. Jordan Chin, yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be good for us because he's he's, kind of, a, he's kind of a specialty. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of a specialty guy. You know, he's kind of a deep threat only guy. Seems right. like so when he's in. If you see Jordan Chin go in the game, just look deep right. <laughs> because that's where he's going. He's right. running go routes, and that's it. And then he's getting gassed, and he's coming back and getting the oxygen. Well, and I think he must be a pretty decent blocker because he did get to play. He was on the field. He wasn't targeted a ton, and I think it was some sort of that misdirection where decoy, 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 and then he goes. Yeah. Um, which, it, hey, get on the field and be and contribute. That's what you, that's what you're looking for. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then of course, to go along with that, we got tight ends and, uh, this one's, I think was probably the easiest one, especially pick the number one target was very right. easy. Yeah. Um, and I think there's just some really good stuff going on in the, in the tight end room, like always. Yeah. What do you yeah, got? I mean, you, you know who my favorite player on this team is. Yeah, I do. Say it. Cotton. Cotton. I love Cotton. That dude is of all the tight ends that have gotten drafted over the last couple of years. Uh, you look at Drew Sample, you look at um, Will Disley. Cotton, by far, in my opinion, has better hands than all of those guys. I, I think he has better hands than Hunter Bryant does. I would agree. And, and Hunter Bryant has really good hands. But Cotton doesn't drop anything. And for that reason, and he's a good blocker. And for that reason, he has to be your number one. Yeah. And, and then, just got engaged. It, congrats. I, I bet that was a hell of a catch, too. I bet that was a hell of a catch, too. And then by default, that makes, um, that makes uh, Devin Culp your, your number two. And, you're going to see him in some packages, but you're not going to see him 
as much one two as you did with Hunter Bryant and Cotton last year? Oh, I disagree. You think so? Have you? Oh my gosh, there's a there is a highlight of him catching a ball over the middle. And this, uh, I don't, I, and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't remember and I wouldn't embarrass him like this, but he stiffs arm him to the ground okay. for you a wanna, touchdown. You want to talk highlights? Let's talk Jacob Eason. Yeah, he's good. And, now, and, then, and then get completely underperformed. So here's the thing. Uh, um, highlights are cute, but David, they don't do it every time. Shut up. Devin Culp came in. And so Devin Culp comes in. He's a skinny power forward. Sure. After his red shirt year, he comes back. He looks like a defensive lineman. He okay. now looks like a linebacker. Okay. I mean. And he He's athletic. I, he can run. He can jump. He can catch. I just don't think that you're going to see them included as a, in as many packages as you saw the two last year. That's what I'm saying. I'll remember that, and you'll be okay. wrong. Okay, and then we'll forget if I'm wrong. That's what we do best. <laughs> yeah, but when I get to tell you you're wrong, we're, I remember. We're, 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 we're guys and we're dads. We literally forget everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I forget yeah. half the time I'm right, and I'm not usually right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think we see any young young kids, Mark Redmond or anybody? You think so? I think you'll see year? Mark Redmond in on something. It's, it's too easy not to this year, right, without losing eligibility. Right to be able to play these guys free, you kind of have to throw Mark Redmond in a couple of times and get him some game speed. And, and Jacob Kaiser uh, yeah, opted out sure. of the season. So yeah. there's, yeah. there's another, you know, spot where you're, you're missing out on guys. Well, and there's, it's just free play time. It's, it's game reps. Right. You know, and, obviously you, know, you want to win, but obviously you want to get these young guys some playing time as well too. So that when they do see the grass, they're not overwhelmed. You'll see, I, they have him listed Jack Westover. They have him listed at a tight end. He's, he's a fullback. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one that you should be watching out for is, and where did his name go? Uh, Jack Yeri. Uh, oh so, yeah. Jack um, Yeri. Yeah. And, and he's going to be, he's going to be a blocker. He's, is he going to play this year? Yeah, he's he's listed. He's ready to go. Um, late. He's the USC transfer. Yeah. Well, yeah. he wasn't a transfer. He never enrolled. That's right. Um, I still could, Yeah, I, I guess I still consider him a transfer. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. He's a flip. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was a lot of people that said that he was a um, an elite left tackle prospect. Uh-huh. So if you're an elite left tackle prospect and they have you in, you're going to be blocking. I mean, it's goal line. Yeah. I could see a jumbo package. Yeah. It's goal line with one to go and you need to get one yard and you have Newton behind you and all you're doing is just pushing forward. Right. Um, Let's move on from the past catchers to the past defenders. We have my favorite position group. We have the corners and the safeties. So um, this is another one where it's kind of hard to, you know, dime packages, nickel packages. So uh, let's kind of go with your top four corners, uh, yeah. a couple of maybe rotation guys, and then top two safeties and a rotation guy or two. I think corners is pretty easy. Um, Probably the easiest Elijah, on the field. Right. Elijah Molden, your best corner. Um, he's probably going to play a lot of slot. That's just yeah. what he's best at. Yep. Well, they, they can also move him down to like a Buda Baker kind of a role. Right. Yeah. And what I like about him is they, they 
plug him in the run holes yep. all the time, and he's so good at that, and he's such a sure tackler. Uh, Keith he led Taylor, the team in tackles a few games. Right. Mm-hmm. Keith Taylor, um, you're kind of your like unsung hero of that secondary just because he doesn't get picked on. You know, just, guys don't want to throw to him, mm-hmm. and that, that's not a bad a problem to have. The only problem um, is they don't have an interception yet. That is the problem. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're not thrown at, that's – I'm talking in that room, he gets crap for that. Yeah, well, he'll get it. <laughs> yeah. He'll get a couple this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got uh, Kyler Gordon kind of roughed up last year, um, got taken advantage of. He was um, – and uh, – I think you'll see some strides from him this year. And last is Trent McDuffie, and he balled out last year. And I expect to see a lot more from him this year. Those are my top four corners for sure. I think – and there's there's a – there's a drop, not necessarily a big drop, but those are, I think, those are your top four, yeah. Sure. And Kyler, Kyler Gordon got better and better as the season went. Um, yeah. He's a, a an absolute star on in special teams. Right. Um, he switched his number to number two, and if you're going to wear number two at the University of Washington, you be good. You're going to be good. Yeah, you better um, be good. He's the most athletic guy on the team. Yeah. Um, so I expect. I, I don't expect. I expect that the issues with him uh, that were there in the beginning of the year to be totally fixed. I don't know how teams are going to really throw on this group. <laughs> especially, especially with the safeties behind them, you yeah, know, that's, yeah. it, it's going to be tough, man. I mean, that's a lot of depth at your corner. Um, if Kyler Gordon does figure it out and does get to that potential, because he is by far the best athlete in that corner room. Yeah. If he does figure it out, they're going to be so dominant. It's going to be hard to throw on any. This could be potentially the best cornerback room we've seen at UW in 20 years. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, it, there's, and there's been a lot of good ones. There has been. But you, if you look at the guys that are behind, too, uh, Dominic Hampton played yeah. well last year when he got in. Uh, and Julius Irvin has made some strides yep. as well. I would like to see Julius Irvin a little bit more. I really would. I think that guy has – practices butt off and I think he's just been overshadowed by better talent but I'd like yeah. to see him on the field the 2021 will be his year he'll be he'll be a starting corner and Dominic Hampton will be the other starting corner and uh they will I don't know as if they can find a couple other guys to develop into those other roles then you're not gonna see a drop off well you got Covington too Yep. Yep. And there, I mean, there's some freshmen that are good. Uh, I, I think my guess is all of them, Mikel Esteen, John, uh, James Smith, Jacoby Covington. Um, you got I, a couple coming in this year. Yeah. I don't think they see the field. Um, I, I, my guess is they all redshirt. They're, right. they're just so stacked yeah, back there. Sure. Um, and then of course, yeah. safeties. Um, you got Asa Turner and Cam Williams. Yeah, those are going to be your two starting safeties. For the next two years. Yeah, yeah, and there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. It's, you, can, you can write the book on that. You, you see, uh, probably see Julius Irving probably back up one of them. If somebody goes down, you probably see Irving come in the game. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, you just look for those two to be rocks back there, and those, those guys are going to be the ones you're going to see it's a Turner coming up and laying the big stick. You know, he came in in college, either playing linebacker or safety. He chose safety. That's why we got him over Notre Dame. 
And yeah, go us. Yeah. Anytime you can poach a newer group from Notre Dame, it's a good day. Kyler Gordon says um, hi too. What? Kyler Gordon says hi too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you're going to see Cam Will back in the back, just not letting anything over your head, Cam. Yeah. That's the biggest thing this year, Cam. Mm-hmm. Don't let anything over your head, bud. Yeah. But they're going to fix that, and he's going to be just fine. I agree. And he looked better. You know, he, he started the season. Um, he was – he wasn't – I mean, benched, you can call it. He wasn't in the starting lineup. He still saw the field, yeah. um, and he got better. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? He did the thing that's really important, and that's uh, he picked off a lot. Of, I think he had three interceptions. Yeah. Wanted uh, to close out a game. Yeah. Yep. I think it was the USC game. Uh, he, he did have an that. interception in that game. I don't know if it was a closeout, but I, he, he did. Because he gave the horns down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Uh, next up, we have running backs. We're on our last couple. Running backs is a really fun position because there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. Again, I mean, there's talent all over the board, right? Yeah. You know, especially when you are podcasters and you pay close attention to this team and, you know, all the, the talent that's there, it just needs to come to fruition, right? I have been big on Sean McGrew for, it seems like, the last three years. Mm-hmm. I've liked him a lot, and I've traveled back me up on that. I've wanted to see more of him. The way that he runs falling forward, I love that. Um I don't think you see him start the game. I think you see Richard Newton start the game. Um, but it's going to be a steady rotation of those two guys and Cam Davis. Yep. It's going to be those three guys, and you're going to see a lot of all three. It's just a steady rotation of all three. They're all talented in their own way. Richard Newton is a bus. Yeah. And he's going to run through you. It's how healthy is he? That's my major concern. Yeah, and with all three of those guys, they've all had some issues with injury. But I mean, you're a running back. Your right. <laughs> your job is to get tackled, and right. and it unfortunately. I mean, we were at the game where Richard Newton got hurt. His ankle. I mean, it went to the ground. It was not pretty. We could he- we could hear it. Uh huh. Yeah, that was not a that was not a good. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were right. Like we were. It was on the yard line that we were on, yeah. like, the, like the twenty-five or thirty or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was tough, and and we knew that he wasn't coming back. And yeah. Um, Sean McGrew was also had some issues with durability, and uh, Cam Davis uh, was limped off after uh, getting hit in the Oregon game, and then you didn't see him again until uh, the bowl game. Yeah. So, but if you look at those guys, I mean. The NFL is – I would have told you when Sean McGrew came in at 5'7 and not, not big, you know, he was a going to be a gadget running back. But there's a job for him now. Mm-hmm. Um, really good out of the backfield. Uh, he's gotten stronger and stronger. Uh, you're going to see it, – it, starting, the starting role doesn't matter for them. Right. For it's sure. just going to be a, a whatever situation works best. Yeah. And my, my, my hope is they don't just pigeonhole um, Richard Newton as just a, a Goal short line. yardage back because he is yeah. a complete back. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And what I like about um, uh, Sean McGrew is that he is very capable of catching out of the backfield as well. Yeah. And I like that out of my running back. 
Oh yeah. Wheel routes are going to be no problem for him uh, making a guy miss or, you know, getting those extra yards. I think he's, yep. he's a senior too. He knows how to play football, man. Like right. that matters. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's it for running backs. Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll probably see a Kamari Pleasant who's a fifth year senior who, uh, you know, he's played sparingly throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, seeing some of the freshmen, maybe uh, I think that, there's other guys that fill those roles that have more experience. Um, but I mean, Sam Adams, we, we really, really like Jadavian Sunday. Uh, yeah. Really like as well. Yeah. Um, he kind of reminds me of, of Richard Newton a little bit, the way that he runs downhill. I, I agree. He's, he's a very physical running back. Yeah. Um, but you know, Newton's got another year. Davis has got a couple more years after this. I mean, yep. Richard Newton, uh, he has a couple more years if he doesn't go early. My yep. advice to running backs though is as soon as you can go, you need to go. Yeah, always. So um yeah, running backs, super easy, super exciting though. Um yeah. you're gonna see with the offensive line, they're gonna be able to control the line of scrimmage. I think that uh it's gonna help them ease in a new quarterback. For sure. Uh, and then finally, we have inside linebackers and outside linebackers. Uh, Jake, inside linebackers were a huge issue last year. They're the reason why Washington wasn't where we thought they should be. Uh, they figured some things out. What do you think? This, to me, is the hardest uh, competition battle that I see on this roster. So... This is by far the hardest group for me to determine where, you know, who is starting, who's getting reps. I think you have to throw Ulufushio in there as a starter somewhere. Um, personally, I don't really want to, but he played so well last year. You kind of have to. Right. Um, I like the hammer. I like Calvert a lot. I've been big on them ever since they came to campus. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's so hard to, MJ Tafisi, Jackson Sermon played really well last year. Um, if I have to say who my two starters are, it's probably going to be Sermon and Ulufushio. And you're going to see a rotation of Tafisi. Ah, man, you can't rotate your line, your inside linebackers, though. Yeah. If you have two starters, they're, they're, those are going to be the guys that are going to see the field the entire game. Right. So I think it's going to be Ulufushio and Sermon. But really what I want to see is – a combination of Ulufushio and either Hammer or Calvert. Yeah, and, you know, I think that uh, Edifan Ulufushio will be the starting middle linebacker. He'll be the tackle getter. He'll be the guy that, you know, does does all the things that, you know, we came to expect out of BBK and Exim Victor and um, guys that are the tackle makers. Yeah. Uh, his ceiling, who knows what his ceiling is. His floor is really high. Yeah. Uh, but there's, I mean, Josh Calvert, when he was healthy last year, before he got hurt, he was turning heads. Yeah. And he's he's fully recovered from an ACL. So he has to be in the mix. The one that I think will end up being the starter next to uh, Edifon Ulufushio to start the year will be MJ Tafisi. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you that – you know, they don't – that's not a position where there's a lot of rotation. Um, but I think that they're going to be creative in the ways that uh, Jackson Sermon is, is, a, is a, a, a good guy to have in small, in small areas. Yeah. Um, and then 
Daniel Haimuli and Josh Calvert, they're so talented that it's going to be hard to keep them off the field. Yeah. And so I can see, you know, a transition from, uh, you know, Ulufushio to, you know, a Calvert. It doesn't yeah. happen this year. I don't know. But I think that you have to give the nod to Edifon because he just, he made plays. Yeah, the problem is, is I, when I picture Calvert, I picture Calvert in the role of the, of the Ulufushio. Oh, me too. He's the tackle getter. He's, he's the captain of that defense. He's, mm-hmm. Calvert played quarterback in high school. He knows offenses. He knows defenses. That's the role that I see him. And I see Tafisi, Sermon, and uh, Hammer as that Keyshawn B area, the, the cleanup guy, the big hitter guy. Um, and those three are all really talented. It's just going to de- determine, you know, I think Tafisi has the most um, play. You know, obviously, he has the most playing time out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably the, the, the reason why you're going to see him start. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I mean, I really like his film. All, all three of those guys that we just mentioned, their film is, is really good. They're all really right. high-level players. Yeah. Um, you know, Edifanu Lafuccio, the way that he was first noticed was being, uh, you know, his first two tackles were uh, for fumbles, and that was on special teams. Yeah. So those guys are going to, you know, They'll get their chance. Doesn't, matter how, um, doesn't matter how good you are uh, in high school. You, you have to earn it on special teams and right. we'll see well, where you go from there. That's kind of what helped Tyler Gordon out last year was special teams. You know, he was kind of broken early and they threw him in special teams and he was making plays left and right. And yeah. then it brought his confidence back. Uh, yeah, and I agree. Those guys and need then, that. And then we got the outside linebackers. Those are your pass rushers, kind of like defensive ends, buck, as sometimes they've been called. Yeah. Uh, obviously, losing Joe Tryon, a possible first-round pick. Uh, you know, if he dropped out of the top three rounds, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, that sucks, but there is there is some talent there, and there's some guys that have played. Uh, who are your? What do you see out of that position group? <laughs> Linebackers in general kind of stump me. Um, obviously, your your one big returner is Ryan Bowman. Yep. He's the guy that's made you know he's played the most. He's going to get the start on one end. Um, I don't think he's going to be your your weak starter. I think your strong side starter is probably going to be Bowman. Um, I think Latu is primed to start on the other side. I really do. Um, you got Fatui in there, and then you got the incoming freshman and Smalls. I just don't think Smalls has enough time in the system to be in every down player. I think he's probably going to be in in uh, long pass attempts, third and longs. You try to get him in there for some for some pass breakups and stuff like that. Get to the quarterback type of guy um, until he has time to mature. But uh, I think you're probably going to see Latu and Bowman as your starters. This isn't a real deep room. No, and, you know, this is another room where you can see uh, a little more rotation than some of the other positions on the defense. Because, again, the closer you get to the line of scrimmage, the more of a rotation you'll see. I mean, Mm -hmm. Sidney Jones and Kevin King, they almost played when they were here in 2016. 
they played something like 99% of the snaps and the snaps they didn't play were in blowouts. Right. So, you know, when you get closer to the line of scrimmage, you get a little more rotation. Uh, I agree with you on uh, Ryan Bowman. We've, you know, us and pretty much everybody else in the media has always kind of expected him to be overtaken by maybe some guys that are, have more uh, God-given talent gifts. Upside, yeah. Um, but he just keeps producing. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that you're going to lean on this year. Uh, it sounds like uh, Zion Fatui, he's going to be kind of that – he's a big dude, um, yeah. really, really big. And uh, you could – and then I think it's going to be kind of a revolving door with him and Leantu Law too. Yeah, um, I think Zion's more of your run stuff. Where he's kind of a hybrid, mm-hmm. where you could plug him inside, outside. You know, if you, if you got a big package, you could you play him at outside linebacker. But if you're going small package, you could run him inside. Right, and and he really reminds me a lot of the guy who did that set the edge. Um, uh, he oh man, I can't believe I forgot his name he ended up getting picked up like the Buccaneers or something. And he was on there. He, he was in camp with them. He would do the thing when you get a, uh, <laughs> it's going to kill me that I can't remember his name. You he was on the line for four years. You better figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to, I have all my screens up doing other things. <laughs> um, anyhow, anyhow, I can see that as a guy who sets the edge. Um, Leitu Latu really good at getting, uh, getting to the quarterback. And then I think you're right. Savelle Smalls will have packages. He's already been talked about from Pete Kwiatkowski that he's, he's really shown uh, a lot already. Yeah. And his body's even changed since when he was in high school. He's, right. he's a lot more cut uh, yeah. and uh, he's, he's making plays and they're going to have packages where they just say like, go be a five-star player. Right. And uh, right. that seems to work a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to pass rushers, where if you're good at those techniques, you and, and you're more athletic, you're going to be good. And it's all the other stuff about, um, uh, all the other stuff kind of about like, um, dropping into coverage and and yeah. some of those more fine tuned things that yep. uh, come with just playing. And so, so I mean, you can see his role expand. Yeah, the little trinket plays that he's going to exactly. need to learn. Yeah, exactly. Versus just go, like you said, just go out there and, and rush the passer. Exactly. And create havoc. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the the plays that we're going to see him. Yeah, and you know, the guy that I think that he's really similar to is uh, is the guy down in Oregon, is Kevion Thibodeau, who yeah. did the same thing where he was the start of the year. They would bring him in in obvious passing downs, and he would just be better than uh the right tackle right the guy that he's lining up against yeah exactly and um by the end of the year i mean he was making plays in in the running game he was making plays on screen plays like he he learned and i mean they're not the same player but i mean they they're really really talented they're highly touted guys and uh savelle smalls i think will do um have a very similar freshman arc even, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a little different. It's 12 games instead of six games. I mean, that's different. Well, and the nice part is, is next year's his freshman year too. So. There you go. It's not really six years or six games. It's 18. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there's kind of our position preview. We kind of went into some two deeps. Um, I think this really shows us that Washington is a little bit 
young, but they're so talented that they could see um, they could see a jump right back into contributing or you know uh, competing for the North, which yeah. I think they will. Yeah, I mean the depth is there, the talent's there. It's just have you had enough time to gel and mold and and put it all together? And we're going to find out here in two weeks. Uh, yeah, and you know, watching these 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 this month of football without having the Pac-12 and watching the defenses, I think that's what's going to separate Washington from a lot of other programs in the Pac-12 and around the country. And I think that you're going to see them make uh, make a move into uh, elite company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Oregon had a shot to do that. They lost some, a lot of guys on the, um, offensive line. (laughs) He's killing me right now. Um, not offensive line, uh, in their secondary, um, Cal also lost a bunch, uh, Washington lost some guys, but that secondary is still there. And there's still a lot of guys on the defensive line. And uh, I think that's going to keep them in every single game, regardless of who's playing. Agreed. All right. Hey, go dogs. Go dogs.